Welcome in. We're here on a Tuesday. It is, a, is September 22nd. Not a Victory Monday. Wouldn't have been a Victory Monday anyway, but uh, here we are. Motown Rundown coming at you. Thanks for joining us, guys. We stink your faces. How you feeling? Collins, not in a good mood to start. I don't like it. We stink again. I mean, we just do. But uh, Who, the Lions uh, or I all mean, of us? Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Am I really that yeah. good at anything else? I mean, but uh, you and I are four zero on the picks. On uh, the yeah, good thing that crept into my uh, actual gambling. Jk, nope. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just tough weekend to be a Detroit sports fan. I'll tell you that. Well, at least college you know, football's I... back for the Big Ten. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Michigan State plays Michigan on Halloween. That's fun. That is wild. Good night, Jim Kite. I don't know what's in that. Like, I mean, are they gonna like call a national state of emergency so people don't like, go out and party? Well, I know that you can't. I you, you're not allowed to tailgate on campus in either school, which doesn't really mean much because kids are gonna be off campus anyway. But I now it comes down to a guy like me who is still somewhat at the tail end of his college prime. I now have to make the decision of do I risk the safety and well-being of others to go enjoy myself for that day, which traditionally in the last four years has been one of the best days of the year, or do I just watch the game at home? And I think I'm going to take the former. Hate to say it, full disclosure. I'm well, at least that. you're honest. At least you're honest. How are well, you? I mean, How are you? I, that, I mean, all your buddies are graduated. You don't have to do the whole like college tailgate. You can do the adult tailgate, like have yeah, a couple Miller I, Lights. Yeah. Be, be more about the food than the booze. Dude, I still have it in me, though. That's the thing. Like, I could have done a fifth year. I got honest. it in me. I, I, I've, I've never been in Greek life and stuff like that, so I've never really been to that many, like – my parents also have a tailgate every weekend, and I usually go there for about, like, two or three hours. The adult tailgating scene is ten times better than the kids' tailgating scene. I kind of agree with that. It's just more put together. It's just better. You're just like, eating and drinking, and it's just like they're so casual. Yeah, and it's great. You feel you get a little loose. Like your couple of your uncles tell you stories you don't want to hear about their college days, and, and, and it's an overall good time. Well, no, I completely. I, agree. Well, I got to go to a frat party and get absolutely like judged and accosted at telling <laughs> my friends over there. <laughs> Yeah, he, he, I came with him, sir. He's in the fraternity. I'm not going like, <laughs> to yeah. fight. Yeah. It's, a kid, it's a kid three years younger too, younger than you. You're calling him sir, and you slip him a 10. You're like, please just let me in. It's not even that. I'm like, I'm like uh, I know him. I'm just <laughs> talking to this guy. Yeah, you need to relax. Like, well, that's the thing. I don't know if, I, if, there's, if there's movement going on in Ann Arbor. Do I, do I roll down there? Do I go to East Lansing and be with my people? I don't know what to do. Because I initially told you guys Halloween I was going to come up and see you guys. But yes, I'll the, say door, this. the door is open. <laughs> I know I mean, it is, it's, Trent. It's, I mean, we had sort of an outbreak, like what, last week? Yeah. So I, I think it's been a little bit. First of all, all the like reports that like people were getting after it down here, and there was a huge parties and stuff like that. That's just not true. Like Maybe I, you just weren't I, invited. That's nice. <laughs> but Trent, would you agree? Well, yeah, I would generally agree because like all the all the get-togethers were happening indoors and in, like smaller groups. Like if you were driving through the neighborhoods, there weren't like huge like masses of people. Like I think that's what people were thinking. People were well, like, like frat parties happening on every lawn. Yeah, it was. Which is the, not the, the case. Pro- no, it's not. And it's also like everyone's kind of following the guidelines. There's just a ton of people up here now. So people are going to get it. Right. Uh, that's the other thing. Yeah, I mean, the, the influx of like the population here just skyrocketed. So it's like. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, people are going to I, I, like, I generally really, agree with what yeah. you're saying. Okay, whatever. Let's move on to Detroit sports. Even though Michigan State, I looked at the schedule, eight and no, maybe seven and one. I don't know. <laughs> really? I well, if, if you're a Michigan State fan, that uh, schedule couldn't have broken any better for you. If you're a Michigan fan, you have to think Kevin Warren has it out for you. Fair yeah, enough. Whatever, dude. That's whatever. I mean, they got to start the year at Minnesota that. with a brand new quarterback. Well, Minnesota gets Bateman back, and they got Tanner Morgan, who's an NFL quarterback. I don't know. 
Michigan kind of got shafted there with the regular season reveal. You know what? I don't feel bad. Um, I don't feel bad either. I'm just saying. As an objective right. viewer of the game. No, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, it, we got to pick up the, the energy. Chest. Let's go. Pick There's up the energy. There's energy here. Why do, we, why do you guys say that every week? We're just because having a conversation. There, because I, I just think. Ravs, I can hear it in your voice. You're down. Pick it up. I'm not down. I'm up, if anything. You just All go, right. I'm, I'm not down. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm here. I'm down way ever. I, I just can't please you guys. Nothing I do is ever good enough. I'm here with the energy. I have it. I just crushed one of these ice things, these sparkling ices. No free ads. That is a classic like, sorority girl like, trying to like on a diet chaser. And those things stink. I hate them. <laughs> we will agree to disagree. Wait, but... wait what, what flavor ice did you get? Sorry. I think we lost Ravs there, but I'm assuming he... fruit punch, fruit punch, fruit punch. Fruit punch Never had the fruit punch. punch I'll say that. Fruit the punch. lemon lime one, I despise. Dude, I gotta fix this. The Wi-Fi sucks in this basement. I swear to God, this is ridiculous. Well, I will say this. You know how like everyone has the little icon next to their name. You know the little Wi-Fi icon. Yours is consistently yellow, sometimes red. Well, it's because of my basement. <laughs> I'm, I, my I fault, I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying. No, I'm not happy. I'm not happy about it. At least it's I keep leaning back. I'm leaning. You see me leaning back? I'm literally on one arm in this gaming chair. It's all we have down here. The basement flooded. There's not. There's nothing down here anymore. I'm leaning back in this chair on my arm to get closer to the stairs. Well, I do this for you guys, and you still. I don't. I get no love. I appreciate the, the effort. I appreciate low. the effort, but at some point we need results. At some point. All right, I'm bringing your results today. I will bring your results today. Let's move into Tigers. I don't even care to talk about the baseball team. They're 22 and 30. They play the Twins tonight as we're recording. Um, that is going to be one of six Scooble. games left in the season. Yeah, Scooble Day, whatever. Sounds good. I, we can do the analysis. We can talk about the, the season in totality once the season actually wraps up. Um, the big news this week, though, um, I didn't see it coming. I don't know the people that said they, oh, this was a possibility. I saw it coming. Liars. Ron Gardenhire retires as manager effective immediately. That happened a couple days ago, maybe even as, uh, as, as long as a week ago. Um, pretty shocking to me. I mean, I know during the last couple weeks or so, Gardy took a couple games off because he wasn't feeling all that well. I don't think it was so much COVID concerns as it is just – you know, he's, he's a bit older. I know he's a cancer survivor. Um, it happens with old age, and I'm sure when you're a manager like that, you're in the heat of the season and you're trying to do your job, uh, which, you know, I think being a manager of a baseball team or being a coach at the professional level, um, one of the more stressful jobs out there, so definitely takes a toll on the body and the mind. So, I mean, all in all, like, obviously to me, I think it was very shocking. I, I didn't expect to see him retire just like out of nowhere, especially not like he couldn't even make it to the end of the season, which like, I don't hold it against them. It is what it is. Do what you got to do. And I respect it. Like the guys, you know, he's, he doesn't think he's in great health, which is fine. He wants to spend time with his family. There are things that are more important than baseball. So, I mean, it was definitely sad. Like that was just kind of a punch in the gut that I didn't really need with the Tigers. I mean, the season was all but over, which, you know, again, a topic for another day, but, to see Gardy have to just hang him up on the spot uh, was, was pretty brutal. And, and to not even have fans in the stadium to, like, give the guy one last ovation or to send him off the right way sucks too. And I'm, I'm sure that when fans are welcome back at Comerica, they'll be able to get him on the field and give him the send-off he deserves. But, but um, great man, Gardy. I, I don't really judge him all that much as far as his managing goes with the Tigers because while he was here – he was the guy that was in charge of, of getting the rebuild moving, mentoring the young guys, um, and just getting this team somewhat on track and building a culture of, of, of professional baseball program here in Detroit, which I think he accomplished. I think the team definitely turned a corner as far as, you know, rebuilds can get ugly. And I don't think that – I mean, last year being the exception because they were the worst team in baseball – I don't think that it was as ugly as it as it could have been, and I think Gardy has you have a lot to thank Gardy for on that front. But just a great man, I think he had a pretty solid managing career. Um, I don't think the guy is any kind of Hall of Fame manager, but you know, definitely one of the uh, one of the ones that sticks out in my mind as being just a you know pretty solid guy at his job. So best of luck to him in my eyes, and whatever else you guys want to throw in that way, by all means. 
Dude, I mean, like you said, you kind of, like, you see, like, the whole, like, Nico Goodrum writing a huge message on, like, his jersey and Garden Hire basically saying, that's something I'll cherish for the rest of my life. It, it really seemed like all the guys really liked them. And you saw, like, the video message. It looked like Miggy was, like, tearing up. And it, I don't know if you guys watched that. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it, it, I it, it was it. sad. It was. And especially because it's just, like, he just physically can't do it, and he's just trying to be safe and, like, look out for the well-being of his life. So that sucks. And I'll say this. I think Gardenhire was, like you said, professional, like, good manager. But I, I think if you watch this year, I wasn't surprised that maybe after this year they would have went in a different direction. I didn't see it coming this way. Once you saw that there was a press conference at 5 o'clock, though, like before the game, you knew something was up. You either thought it was an extension, Gardner maybe moving on, and it, it turned out to be him moving on. I, I mean, it sucks, but at the same time, I mean, he's had a good life in baseball. I'm assuming someone, maybe even the Tigers, will give him a cushy front office job where he just works in development, nothing low stress. So I, I'm curious to see if he sits around and helps him pick the Nets manager because uh, unlike I doubt Lloyd McClendon's a long-term solution. No offense to Lloyd. Well, yeah, I, I agree. And I agree with everything you guys said. I echo all, you know, my condolences and everything. Uh, condolences is not the right word. He didn't die. But <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't he die. What I'm saying. He like, did not die. He did not die. Re- respect. Hats off to Guardy. I mean, I think you could really look at this season, Rabs, you kind of talked about this, as the first – Real, like, productive season of the rebuild so far. You know, last year, obviously, worst team in baseball. Two years ago, ugly. This season, granted, it was a 60-game season. It's not over yet, but it's just – I think you can finally look at this this season and say, this team did not look bad for the entirety of the year. There was some fun wrapped in there. There was some ups and downs. But you at least have cemented a couple of your young players that you can actually, like, look forward to next year, you know, and – and at the same time, you can put away some of, like, your Nico Goodrums and Grayson Griners and all those kind of guys. So I just think as far as, like, what Guardy did for the Tigers and, and this whole situation of the rebuild, I would definitely call it successful if you could say that. And I just think his impact on the younger players and even the veterans like Miggy is something that's going to end up serving this team well, you know, in the coming seasons. Yeah, I want to touch on the point. That's the only other thing that I wanted to talk about in this breath with Guardy. Again, I, it does – it just sucks. Like, it was just crushing to hear that, like you said, Collins. I mean, I don't I don't necessarily know. I, I could have seen Avila giving him maybe one more year with this rebuild. Cause I, I think the consensus when he was hired was like, this is going to be the guy to get you through the rebuild. He's not going to be the guy that's going to be there when they're, ho- when they're hoisting the World Series trophy, if they ever do. I think that was – pretty common a pretty common opinion amongst fans but to have it end that way was just tough because I don't want I hope the guy I I think he's like okay I think it was just a matter of him being like I can't continue to put yeah I can't continue to put myself through this I want to spend time with my family it's not Rab's lost again basement connection trash oh my god god am I back am I back yeah you're back Dude, I, I'm going to go. Trash basement. I have some words for my mom when I go upstairs. Okay, I come on. Leave her out of it. Don't blame it on your mother. No, I, I, on like I should Blame it on AT&T or like some Wi-Fi connection. It, it is AT&T. I'm going to force you for AT&T. Blame, it, together blame it on the boogie. Typical. Either way, um, yeah, I, as far as the replacement. I did. I did say blame it on the boogie. It's a great Michael Jackson song. Go look it up. Okay. It's a fantastic song. Trent, I believe you. I believe you. Um, as far as the replacement goes, obviously McClendon's going to be the guy to take over for the rest of the season. DKB. Which is, which is six years. Gardy did also come out yesterday or, or a couple days ago and said that if he had to pick a guy or who he recommends to take the job, that it should be Lloyd. It cannot happen. I won't let it happen because he's had two different stints as being a manager, I believe. He's been horrible. Like horrible. He's not a good hitting coach. He and he's not a good manager. Like he's not a good hitting coach. Dude, he I, wasn't he the hitting coach for the Tigers before? Then he took a manager's job, then he came back to be the hitting coach. Yes, yeah, so that sounds correct. Coach. He was a hitting coach with Leland when they had like the best lineup in the league. Well, I don't I 
I don't know if that's if that's true. We'll have to look that up. Well, I'm pretty sure, like, once – was it first year they had JD is the year he went and took a job in Seattle and he literally got fired basically in, like, a year. Yeah, so as a manager, he hasn't been successful. No disrespect to Lloyd McClendon. I know the name that keeps coming up is Marcus Timms. As who's the Thames, baby, Marcus, Marcus right Thames. Now. Is it Timms or Thames? Timms. Dude, Marcus Timms, never forget the eight home runs in a row. Well, he's been obviously talking about a guy that's been successful this year. I mean, he's the Yankees hitting coach, and that team just rakes constantly. So I just – for this this managerial decision, I don't know if Avila's thought process is we need a guy to continue to bridge the gap in the rebuild and then go find another guy once the team's set, or if he's just looking at this next hire as like, this is the guy that we're going to ride with. To, to change, you know, or to, to continue the rebuild and, and into a successful program. I would just like them to stop. It doesn't need to be an internal hire. And can we get a guy that's not 70 years old? Like, that's all I ask. Just go find a younger guy. Go find a guy that's outside Brad the Osmus. organization. I will, I don't need to see, I don't need to see Trammell get a shot at being the manager again. I don't need to see like Gene Lamont if he's still kicking around somewhere. Hey, or don't, hey, 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 no Gino slander. <laughs> Stop. I'm just saying, my point being is I need them to go hire someone that's not internal and it's not just the oh, yeah, we'll give it to Lloyd because he's been around the program. Even Marcus Timms, if the thought process on hiring Marcus Timms is that like, oh, he's, he's been here before, I don't care about that. I want to win baseball games. You don't so, care about yes, DKB? What if Donnie Kelly, Donnie Kelly baby comes back? If he wins games, fine. But, like, I don't – there's all these guys they go get. Like, Gardenhire is the exception. But, like, Lloyd McClendon has not had a good career as a manager. He doesn't need to manage this Tigers team past the last six games of this year. Brad Ausmus was never a manager before we brought him over here. I don't need to see them, like, give a guy a shot. Like, oh, Maglio wants to get into managing. Let's give him two years. I don't need to see any of that. Go get someone that can manage and win ball games, please. And it's not 100 years old. No disrespect to old people. But for the love of God, like, let's let's go here. Like, Aaron Boone and – in New York, like what a great hire! The guy can manage. He's young. He's really feisty. the guys respect him. Everyone in New York hates Boone. They win. What are you talking about? Yeah, because they've one of the best rosters in baseball. He's like he literally doesn't manage. They're all analytics and numbers. And when he has to make a gut decision, he's been terrible. I mean, the the baseball team wins games, so I don't care if they have Kermit the Frog on the bench or another one of the Muppets or whatever. They're what are they? The Muppets, whatever. Yeah, I don't care. Like. You could have – if you want to put Trent on the bench, fine. If they win 100 games, then Hire sign them up. Hire me. I don't me. care. God. But I'm not – I'm sick and tired of, of winning 40 games. Like, that. it's ridiculous. I don't, I don't know. I think they do go younger, especially the way this ended. It can't but, be Lloyd. I mean, what? It cannot be Lloyd. Anyone but Lloyd. To be honest, I don't know. I, I, I'm just sounding like an old person here. Just anyone who doesn't shift as much as Gardenhire did because I couldn't handle it. Because <laughs> I, I, I just couldn't handle it. I, and I know I sound like a boomer and I sound like an old guy. It was just so – like they gave up so many runs this year because they were shifted. I don't disagree at all. The shift, the shift, the shift. The shift, the shift should not be employed with men on base. I understand it when there's nobody on base. Like shift all you want. Put like – Two guys put six guys in the outfield if you want to do it. But like, no offense to Darty, love him. Great definition of a great locker room guy. But I, some of his moves this year, and, and the way they play defense this year was not something I was accustomed to, especially when they hired him. Because they're one of the worst defensive teams in baseball. And that might just be personnel, but I, I mean. As far as the X's and O's of baseball go, like that's definitely your guys' realm. So I will leave that to you guys to decide. And like I said, we'll, like you guys have mentioned, we'll probably do a full Tiger season wrap-up later. But I just – I agree with you, Rabs. I'd rather bring in a guy who we can actually trust from the get-go, not just like a sexy hire. But who knows? That, that could be a long ways away. Like we might not know who the next Tigers manager is going to be until Christmas time. Who knows? I'm just, I'm just telling you right now, if it's Lloyd McClendon, I'm going to be sick. Like, that's just – it's so, like, lazy. 
Like, oh, yeah, Lloyd, you already have your jersey hanging up in the locker room in Comerica. Dude, we'll just let's just bring Jimmy back. The, bring Leland back. Catch. I wouldn't hate that. I'd be all in <laughs> if we brought Jim Leland back. All in. That's the exception. I wouldn't hate I wouldn't hate having Jimmy this back. Just ripping darts on the bench as an eight. Because you know he man. won't shift. He doesn't believe in that stuff. Yeah, I know. I love God, Jim Leland was the man. Shout out. Well, yeah, we'll keep eyes on that. Like I said, we'll do Tigers after the season officially wraps up. But now Trent's got the hat on. Collins, you got that beautiful Thanksgiving towel behind you. I also have that in my room. I was at that game. Good towel. Um, but uh, it is yeah. Lions time. They suck. The they suck. The Lions suck. Can we just talk? Everyone say it. Everyone say the season's over. Say it's over, Trent. The season is not over. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> the season it's is over. not over. Who do they play this week, Trent? Who do they play this week? Arizona. The, the season's over. <laughs> no, it's do they, and they play at they play at Arizona. If I'm mis- not yeah, correct, at Arizona and the you know, annual the annual Detroit Lions Arizona Cardinals at University of Phoenix Stadium at four o five week four week six every year for yeah. the last six years. It's unbelievable how much they play. Yep, uh, it just it just is fate as fate would have it, and uh, actually it's a pretty fifty fifty split, I believe, historically in the uh, Lions. You know, last is year is it? I feel like they lose every time they play the Cardinals. Oh, I don't know. I can recall a couple wins. Dude, the Lions stink. They stink. Where do we okay, want? Where do we want to attack this from? Where I don't know. I just this? want to say they're bad. Because let's just say this. They're bad. Let, let's not, Raps. I know you always have your little spiel with like you, and and it's good. It's a good spiel. You always give like a few stats and like you, Way you know, to save yourself. Just the game went. No, just 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 give. You almost you, know, did, you almost us, disrespected me there. You, no, it's not a disrespect. I'm just saying we don't need to break down this game because there's nothing to break down. The team looked horrible. So let's talk about like macro big picture. I mean, I'll just let I'll let you drive. I'm just saying no, I don't I, think I, we should waste our time here because I don't think people really want to listen to us break down what went wrong in this game. I think right now stink. the conversation has to be oh you know God, about yes. Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn and Matthew Stafford and this defense and that kind of stuff. You know, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, we can definitely look at a big picture. I mean, I'm glad that you guys got your initial, you know, reactions and, and gripes out of the way. Um, the Lions did lose the Packers 42-21. I don't even, I'm not even going to throw you stats. Like, the game – it was a bad game. But I – Good start. I hate to be – I hate to be the guy to, to throw the season away after two games. I don't care what the stats are of – only 15% of teams, if they start 0-2, make the play. I don't care. They did look bad, yes. I thought Stafford was very mediocre in the game. Like, just, like, doing, like, rookie shit. Like, taking sacks, forcing throws. It was just, Horrible. like, the pick six. And, like, that to me is so frustrating because if I've said it once on this podcast, I'll say it a thousand times, this team is not good enough for your quarterback to not play at an A level every game. If he's not at his best, the team doesn't win. Bottom line, there are teams that can get away with their quarterback has a B minus game, they still sneak away. This is not that team. One of the biggest things I didn't understand: how do you only hand the ball to Adrian Peterson seven times? Yeah, I don't know. Like what they were like the Lions looked great to start the game. It was like, oh my god, they're actually going to be in this game, and obviously everything fell apart. But, I mean, I know Carrion had, like, eight carries. I just don't – even when they're, like, losing bad, you need to establish the run game and at least mix it up a bit. Like, if the, if the defense knows that you're going to come out every play and go empty set and let's just, let's just air it out and, like, they couldn't even complete a pass either, I, I didn't understand that at all. Like, you, you have Adrian Peterson who's got, like, the best breakout game of, like, any Lion to start the season that I've seen in my life. He runs for almost 100 yards, which you never do still. Even after Carrion did it like once or twice last year, you still never run for 100 yards. But I digress. I don't know how you only give the ball to guys seven times. But same thing. It's the same shit. Like, no one's ever open on offense. There's no one to ever throw to. And the defense stinks. Like, there's still zero pass rush. And I know everyone's banged up. And that's why I don't want to completely burn the ship right now because I told you guys last week, Coming into this game, they're banged up. There's a lot of injuries. I didn't expect a win. And that's why the week one against the Bears was so important because 
You knew how many guys you had hurt. You were in control of that game. If you didn't blow it, then this, then you're, we're sitting here today one-on-one, -on -one, and we're not having as many issues. And we can get into this stuff. I want to talk about Jeff Okuda. I want to talk about if this roster is even good, because I've sat here for the last two, three years on this podcast. Trent's been the same way, and Collins has refuted us, where we say the roster is good, the roster's gotten better. I'll tell you what, dude. I've never, I have never looked at Bob Quinn in all of this and been like, this guy's a problem. This roster blows, like bad. They don't have, like, they have no playmakers at all. You don't have Kenny Galladay on the field, which hurts. But everyone else on this offense besides your quarterback, like, and granted, it's all, it's all a combination of many different things. Like, if the offensive line's not getting a push, you can't expect your running backs to make plays. But I look specifically on defense, dude. No one makes plays on this defense at all. I watch every other team in the NFL. They've got, like, one or two guys who are like, God, that guy's scary. Like, you don't want to line up against Melvin. Uh -oh. I mean, yeah. I, line up Rabs, against the Bosa uh, brothers or Aaron Donald. Yeah. We have none of those guys. No so, one. No yeah, one yeah. on this team makes a difference. So – What's it called? Revs, when you're talking about it, you kind of cut out there. You're right. No pass rush. And they thought maybe they would get it. And a guy like Trey Flowers, Jamie Collins. Jamie Collins is horrible, by the way. I'm sorry. I have to say it. I, only, I know it's been two games. He does not look good in the Lions uniform. He looks so slow. It's unbelievable. The defense stinks. It's not good at all. It's not. And I, I understand the Packers have one of the better offenses in the league so far. But the and, and I understand the secondary is banged up, but I didn't I didn't like the secondary before the season started. I'm gonna be honest, because well, you, Desmond Trufant it, for his whole career has been a solid second cornerback who will have a couple picks a year, make a couple like big plays and key spots, but he consistently gets burned. And, and I know he got injured early in week one, but like. He wasn't going to be the band-aid of the secondary. It wasn't good with Slay last year. And I know they kind of got banged up again last year, but that's football. You get banged up. You got to have depth. They have no depth anywhere. And, and what you said about Bob Twin Ravs, like Galladay hurting on offense, it's like very noticeable. How about Jesse James? How about that contract? Yeah. How about that? He has zero targets in two weeks. You pay him $18 million to come to Detroit. He stinks. He's horrible. Like Hawkinson, he's looked better. Yeah, that's that's Hawkinson Swift. I thought they have looked pretty good in the first two weeks of the year. That might just be me, other than Swift losing them the game for game one. But like, what are, some of the moves they made? I I think Quinn has been fine. The thing that has saved Quinn is his drafts have not been that bad, and he's been able to find guys in later rounds. Like Galladay, third rounds to steal. I think Quintess Cephas in the fifth round this year is a steal. He looks like a nice player. Yeah, like Tracy Walker in what, the third round? Yep. Like, they found guys who are productive players in the deeper rounds that where, you, where it counts. But their free agent pickups have been so bad since him and Patricia have been here. Just so bad. I look, I want to back it up a little bit because I want to I want to address the thing about that you guys were talking about with the roster as far as that goes. I still am in the camp of I think the roster is is good. I'm not going to say the roster is great. I think the roster is fine. I don't think the roster sucks. What it comes down to for me is how these guys are utilized, because if you're watching this game and especially on defense, like on offense, whatever, you're missing your number one receiver. I think if Kenny comes back this week, which he's supposed to, that's what I'm reading, he's gonna, that's going to change a lot because Marvin doesn't get doubled and it opens up things in the slot a little bit more. And, yes, Rabs, I agree with you. You have to establish the run a little bit more because Arizona's run defense is not great. We'll get to that later. But it's like you have – I think you do have playmakers on offense, okay? As far as defense goes, I believe in guys like Danny Shelton and Trey Flowers. If they're used correctly – and they're just not. It, 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 I, I wasn't paying too much attention on the whole 4-3-3-4 thing this week. Like, what, I, I'm not sure what the Lions did more, but it's not working. It doesn't work. They get no pressure. They've gotten no pressure for the last three years. And at this point, and, and maybe this is another segue into our whole uh, conversation as far as Patricia goes, 
this is just the bottom line with this dude. Like, this defense is never prepared. Like you said, Collins, Des Trufant, granted, I, I think he's a good signing, but like you said, he's not going to slap a Band-Aid on the secondary and make it look like, you know, a top 10, you know, a, a no-fly zone type defense. That's just not what we're getting here. They're safety stink. I, I just don't – it's the secondary and it's the push up front. I think the players you got up front can be nice, some of them. Uh, Jared Davis has looked fine in his first two games, like better than he did at any point last year. Yeah, like you dude, said, Jamie Collins this is – well, He was the reason they scored that sucked. touchdown. Everyone sucked. But week one, Jared Davis was fine. Jared Davis made a couple plays this week as well. I just I, – I, and whatever. My bottom line is just this, like – it's scheme to me, and it's it's your it's your stupid ass coach who keeps doing the same thing. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and having no different outcome. It doesn't work. It's like when I pick the Lions every week on the picks. That's the definition of insanity. That's what we got at coach right now. And to me, that's your problem. And until that gets fixed, I don't see this team going anywhere. We're going to talk about all this. I, I got to get you guys back in because I'm just rambling now. But I just don't – I don't subscribe to the idea that the roster's bad because we've seen all these dudes it make does, plays dude. in specific moments. And this offense has incredible potential, and it starts with number nine. It starts with 19 coming back, Kenny Galladay this week. Marvin Jones is a bona fide wide receiver. Danny Amendola is fine in the slot. You got three starting caliber running backs. You got a great tight end in TJ Hawkinson. This offense, to me, is not the problem. It's the fact that you're constantly playing from behind because you can't get a push up front. On they, they weren't playing from behind this week, Tron. Well, that's, that's a little ironic about what I just said, yes. But over the last three years, playing from behind every freaking week, man. Like, that's just – that's all we see. And they've blown two leads to start the year. And they the offense looked good right off the bat. Safford looked really good yep. in that first quarter. But I, I'll say this. Safford didn't look all right, and he, he was below average. The one knock is that he's never really been able to beat good teams, and I'm not going to bring up the stat. I'm not going to do that. But when he throws that interception after the Lions get off the field and a very big stop, and he throws a pitch sits immediately – that 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 is why people criticize him. That is why people criticize him, because quarterbacks of elite caliber do not do that. I'm sorry. And Stafford is a very good quarterback, and I think he's a top ten talent in the league. But guys like who, I'm not even gonna compare him to Mahomes, because I think Mahomes is the greatest football player of all time. But like you know what I mean, like guys like Rogers, guys like Breeze, like they're like once the the momentum has shifted a little bit. They, they go down and score a touchdown. That that was a killer. And I understand they were down 10 points, but the game was over immediately after that pitch sets. Yeah, I agree. I think I, I do – back to, to Trent's point about, about the roster. Maybe I was a bit emotional coming over the top. I, I do – I do think they have some good pieces on offense. Again, the offensive lines are banged up too. You missed two starters. You had Ode Abushi or whatever. Who? What? What a great! Did you see the penalty he took diving into the guy's back of his knees? Maybe the like dirtiest play in NFL history. Like, dude, I don't like. You cut his ass. Like, are you serious? That, like, that was that's, unbelievable. That's like, that, that was unbelievable. If I was a guy in the Patriots, I would have a warrant out for that guy. Like, that's that's absurd. So you're missing two starters on your offensive line. I, I, I do I, – I don't want to get too over the top and just negative with the offense because I, I do think there are pieces there. Trent, I think you're absolutely right. When Kenny comes back and you can't double Marvin, I think you're going to see things open up a lot. I still, for the life of me, don't get why you only ran Adrian Peterson seven times in that game. I know you were losing for the, the majority of the game, but whatever. I, I want to focus more on defense. And you're, you brought up a great point about scheme, Trent. And I looked up some stats. I came prepared – this week was with, with a big piece of why I think the defense struggles. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you guys a couple questions here. The two teams, what are the two teams that you think played the most man coverage in the NFL last year? Give me the two teams. The, the most teams man coverage. The they played the most percentage of snaps in man coverage last year on defense. Baltimore, Baltimore and San Fran. Collins, you have a guess? It's just, I don't even know why I asked you guys. You guys are giving me nothing. Lions yeah, and the Patriots. How would I know that? What? That was Lions. Okay, <laughs> beside the point. 
Lions and the Patriots were the two teams that played the most man coverage last year. They played man 54% of the snaps on defense. Let me give you the stats on when the Patriots and Lions both played either cover zero, cover one, or two man man coverage. Okay, the Patriots in those coverages allowed 10 touchdowns. They picked off 18 passes, gave up a completion rate of 49.8% and allowed a QBR of 54. The Lions gave up 23 touchdowns, picked off four passes, allowed a completion rate of 55.9% and opposing QBs had a 98.7 QBR. So Trent, you're absolutely right about the scheme. The Lions continue to play this man defense when they just can't do it because they don't have the personnel to do it. You signed Justin Coleman to a huge contract. He was great last year. You know where he played on defense in Seattle? He was a slot corner that played a primarily zone defense. Now you ask him to run all over the field to play man coverage. You simply don't have the personnel to match up with what you want to do on defense. And where do the eyes go when I make that statement? to your head coach, Matt Patricia, that can't seem to just get out of his set ways of what worked in New England and gave him one of the greatest defensive plays of all time and all the success he had in New England under Bill Belichick. He can't just get away from that and either, A, adapt to the roster you have or go upstairs and say, Bob, these are the guys I need that can actually cover and play man and man defense because nobody can. I'll give you playmakers on offense, sure. Like, sure, Trent. I'll, I'll, I won't die on that hill because you are right. Hawkinson, Galladay, Mar- like, the, there are pieces there. And when they're good, they're good. But on defense, man, I've watched two, three years of this, and nothing works. Collins, absolutely none of the free agent signings have been good. You have no one on defense that scares anybody. No one gets in the backfield. No one's a threat in the secondary. The only threat you had in the secondary last year was Darius Slay. I don't care to bring that back up because I am glad they traded him. But, yeah, this is the first time where I look at Bob Quinn and go, dude, like, what are you putting out on the field? Because between Corey Unlin, who, again, has never been a defensive coordinator in his life, and Matt Patricia, who supposedly is some – Rocket scientist defense. The defense stinks every year. And that, to me, is a fireable offense. And, and I know you guys you had a great point to bring up about something we want to discuss later about Will Dude, Matt, let's, Will just, Matt let's get it out of the way. Does Stafford does – Patri- sorry, does Patricia make it to the bye week? Yes. I think he does, yes. I, I think he's out after the bye week because, I mean, we're not going to talk about this week's game just yet, but the schedule's brutal. And they don't well, look me, good. Let me let me give my little take on this, and then you guys can you guys can hop in because I think I think you guys will agree with most of what I say here. The bye week is week five, so in the context of Colin's question, we're basically wondering: Does Patricia make it two more weeks as the Lions head coach? And my thing is, I said going into the season, if you're two and two at the bye week, you're sitting fine, you're sitting pretty. Now, obviously, with the Lions zero and two and playing probably the two hardest teams in these first four. That's not looking great. You got to win two in a row here. And I know I'm the slappy guy in this podcast. I'm not even going to make that case. We'll get into all that stuff later. If you're one and three going into the bye, I think Patricia survives past the bye week, and they just they they keep them and they try to like re up and revamp here the rest of the season, try to get something going. Because I'll say this again: the schedule does lighten up. You play the Washington Football Team. You play the Jacksonville Jaguars. You play the Indianapolis Colts. You get the Bears again. You get the Texans, who are a bad roster with a really good quarterback. I I just – there's a path here if you figure your shit out on defense. Now, I'll say this. If the Lions lose the next two games and they're 0-4 going into the bye week, then, yes, absolutely, I think you have to, and I think they will, fire Matt Patricia on that bye week. You get a a week to get your new interim coach in here, try to get something together, but then at that point your season's lost anyways. So I don't know. What do you guys think? I think I so they get they got the Cardinals this week and then don't they Cardinals and then what? Saints at home. They're probably going on four. Like let's be realistic. That's the most likely outcome at this point, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know how he keeps his job going on four. Well, that, that's that's exactly how I feel. If he's if the, if the Lions are on four heading into that week five bye, he's gone. If they're one and three, I think they keep him. It's that Dude, he sucks. He's the worst. He is uh, – he's so condescending, too, after games. I cannot handle it. Well, because he's but, done nothing to earn that respect. That's it the doesn't make any sense. He's like, yeah, yeah, I mean, 
Angle. Let's go back to the drawing board. Bad performance. Dude, I I'm sick and tired. You had to win one of these games. You had to. And you completely choked on applesauce week one. And then week two, you don't show up in the second half. So, figure it out. Like, I mean, like, don't figure it out. Just be transparent. Like, hey, we did kind of suck today. Maybe some guys will figure it out instead of being like, oh, we're going to take a look. We're going to watch a film. Shut up, you loser. God, he's so uh, – Not great. He's so – he's just so condescending. I, I I don't even hate – like, hey, sometimes it just like doesn't go your way. Sometimes you're not equipped to be a head coach in NFL or maybe you're the first time it just doesn't work out and then you, like, bounce back and figure it out. He's just so staunchly, like, cocky and almost, like, rude about, like, what this team and about the business they go about. And they're not good. Like, I don't get it. Like, he has not earned any of that. So, he needs to pipe down. No, I agree. Ravs, what do you think? You think he survives the bye? Stinks, um, I mean, if they're, if, they're, if, they're, if they're 0-4, there's no reason he should be the coach in week six. I mean, even – even, I think, you know, like you said, Trent, I think that this is a perfect opportunity to, if they do go 0-4, to get the new coach in, whoever it is, during the bye week, get your feet under you and just try to do damage control the rest of the season. I don't, what I don't love hearing on, you know, you listen to 97.1 and I get sports radio is what it is. And it's, you know, the negativity sells and it's just, it's the stir of conversation. The people that are like, you know, like root for the lions to lose. They fire Patricia. Like that to me is like so unnecessary and such a bullshit. I'm not, I refuse to throw the book out on this team after two weeks. Like they're Owen two. They're not Owen six. They're not one and seven. So the faster you get over that the season, faster that you realize the season's over, Ravs, the less you can get hurt. I, I want, all I'm saying is in a season where an extra team gets in on both sides, nine and seven is like not out of the, out of the picture. Eight and eight is not out of the picture for me. And no, it, no, I'll, not, I'll take that to my grave. Because the schedule gets easier in Collins, I'm with you in that if you just – Mentally accept defeat right now, you'll be fine. But I can't do that. Something won't allow me they to play do that. two games. They're only going two. I still see the, the way they lost both those two games are not just two games. I don't care what. Like, I think those are two, two horrible losses. I think week one was a horrible loss. I think week two was a result of like you're just you're depleted as hell, and they looked uninspired, and you played a good team. So mm. the way I see it is, if you figure your shit out, you get your number one wide receiver here. Your, your coach tries to make some sort of adjustment on defense, and he better. I mean, after, after, after an 0-2 start, looking the way they did on defense both times. Collins, I'm completely with you. That's bad. That's, an, that's like a 2-14 and 14 team right there on defense that we're seeing right now. If you get some of these guys back, you get Trufant back, you get Coleman back, eventually you can do something as long as it's not man coverage like Rab's kind of alluded to. So I'm just – I'm not ready to throw – I'm not ready to kick the can here. All I'm saying is if you try to figure this out and you get at least one win over these next two games, I don't think 9-7 and seven is out of the picture. And who knows in this crazy year if that will get you enough to be like the seventh seed in this wild first year of an extra team. I just – I'm not ready to give up after two you, I just want – you're not ready to give up. But do you actually believe this team can make the playoffs? Do you actually believe that? If they if they play correctly, yes. Okay, like, dude. It, no, I, I know that's, that's that was biggest, just not. No, that's the biggest qualifier Rams, ever. If the if if if, Gian, if DeAndre Swift catches a pass week one, the Lions are five hundred right now. You get what I'm saying? If it's the little things, man. I know we're Lions fans, so we're not used to saying that. Like it's usually it's it's all or nothing, and it's like you either get blown out or you completely shoot yourself in the foot. And that's what we've seen from the two games so far. So all I'm saying is if you kind of try to figure this out, offensively you get some of your weapons back. I sound like a broken record. I'm just saying I, I do think this team can do something, at least maybe get seven wins. I don't know. Dude. Uh. Oh. The, I, Collins, I have, let me ask I, you this. Let me, let me just give you a quick hypothetical. If the Lions – if the Lions come out this Sunday with Kenny Galladay and they win by two touchdowns, what do you think at this point? Back. I think they're back, but they're, they're not back. capable of doing that. I don't think they're capable of scoring or keeping up with Arizona if Kyler Murray's going to play the way he has. You don't have any faith in the offense? 
the way Stafford's played, I think they can be fine. But th- like you said, I, I, and I do think Gall- I mean, Galladay is probably the most important weapon on this team. Yes. So you're right. It's not unfair to judge the offense based on these two weeks. But, I mean, unless Swift or Carrion or AP, like someone just like breaks through and becomes a mo- – like I, Marvin hasn't looked great. And I, and I understand, like, you get another weapon in there and it opens up things for other guys. I just I the ceiling on the offense is a little bit lower than I thought it was. Well, that's that's a fair point, but I guess real quick, Raz, before we turn it over to you here, I just think it kind of goes along with my I blamed Stafford week one, knowing that he wouldn't play that bad again, and he actually came out week two and didn't, and he, he played you know just as bad as week one, like not great. So I guess what I'm, I, I my faith is in that, and that that's not going to be a trend, and we're not we're not going to keep continue to see this happen. I just think if Stafford figures it out, he gets his full arsenal of weapons, you can hang with anybody. And if your defense is somewhat, you know, between the 13 and 20 range in the NFL instead of 32nd, then I think you can compete. And I think that's what we said going into the season, and it just hasn't come to fruition yet. And maybe that's just because the Lions are a bad team. Oh, my God. I just I, – I, I just I, – I just don't see – I'm not going to say, like, the season's over, but, like, my belief level in this team, being a playoff team, is zero. And I don't blame you. I really don't. I, I, yeah, I – I don't know. Zero. I don't know how I could honestly in my right mind. Maybe, work. like, a negative 50, if that makes any sense. No, I got you. They suck. I hate this Collins, team. To your to your point about uh, about the playoffs that you just asked Trent, I this is my my response is similar to Trent in the sense of I, I agree with you, Collins. This team has given you zero reason to believe two games in that they're a playoff team, but they're only also two games in. So that's where I that's where I jump back. They on lost the two games Trent. to division teams too. Are we not talking I under, about that? I understand, also? but I I understand. But my my point being is if it's not like we're five, six, seven games in. Okay, we're two games in, so there's a lot of season left to play. And stranger things have happened to where, like Trent said, if this team comes out next week with Kenny and somehow they put something together and Hungry Dog runs faster, to Dave, you know, shout out Dave Portnoy. If the Lions are like, we need to, this is the week we need to like figure it out and they get a win, great. They're one and three or they're one and two. They beat the Saints, great. Two and two going into the bye week. We're having a completely different discussion. So I'm not ruling that out of the realm of possibilities. But, yes, I agree with you, Collins. Through two games, I don't know how you can sit here and say that this team has the makings to be a playoff team because they're not. They are banged up still, which every team in the league right now is banged up. So, like, you can't use that as an excuse. At the end of the day, for me, I just think this – if Matt Patricia wants to keep his job – He's got to find a way this week against the Cardinals to find a win. Because it's a must win. Go- is, oh, his, it is. It is. This is they have to win or the season's game. over. I will subscribe to that as well. This, this Sunday is a must win. And we're going to find uh, – Rabs, I think you were going down this path. We're going to find out a lot, I mean, this Sunday. Whether or not – you know, because if the Lions do put it together and win, then I think that's a telltale sign because the Cardinals look really good through two games. If they lose, right. Matt Patricia's ass is on the line. And maybe some mumbo-jumbo happens week four, and maybe, you know, you barely beat the Saints, and then, you know, he kind of saves his own ass going into the bye week. I don't see that happening. Like, if if the Lions don't win this week, they're not going to win week four, and then you have to fire your coach, and then we're looking ahead to the future. I would just like to see this team come out with some type of fight against the Cardinals. They like, and they need to win too, bottom line. So if they they come out and look dead against the Packers in the second half, then like you, then you just see like this team has quit on their coach, and your coach won't be here after the bye week. So again, I, I'm not throwing the book out on the season because it has been two games. They are more than capable of beating the Cardinals next week. But I agree with Collins in the sense that this this they are, of course they are. Any team can beat anyone, dude. Don't like I I don't want to start playing that game. But I agree with Collins in the sense of there's no reason to believe this team's a playoff team, seeing what you've seen in the first two weeks. So bottom line here for me, between your coach and your GM, you either get the right guys that can play in this system and make it work, or you get a different coach that plays a different system that your roster is capable of matching up to so that it works because it doesn't work. And the defense is where my eyes go. I just read you the stats. The only two teams that play as much man as the – or the only other team that plays as much man as the Lions, at least last year, is the Patriots. And they are 
heaps and bounds more successful at, at, at playing that defense than, than the Lions have been. So that's, again, my eyes go to your defensive coordinator who was Matt Patricia the last two years and is Corey Underland slash Matt Patricia right now. So that's, that's where you have to look. So either figure it out or that's it. I'm not, I mean, I'm not happy with anything right now. I, I do want to say one last thing before we, um, before we jump into the picks and then we'll do Trent's trifecta to end the show. Um, Jeff Okuda's first game. A lot of stuff in the media, too, about, like, oh, like he didn't look good, this and that. I, like, I try, you were a little upset, too, when you were texting us after the game. Are you really that upset with Jeff Okuda this week? Well, let me just, let me just preface everything. Yes, I am. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be impatient because you have to be patient. I, I think cornerback and tight end. You know, I said the same thing about Hogginson. I think those are the two positions that are the hardest to transition in the NFL. At least, you'll, I mean, I think, like, the biggest jump that these players consistently make throughout NFL history is from year one to year two, if you play one of those two positions, because it's just, it's, it's all based on the speed of the game and it's just so different. And I understand that my problem with Okuda this week, and I, I will, I want to reiterate one more time. I am patient. I wanted him. You know, I, I, I am aware of the situation at hand. I know it's his first game. He's playing Devontae Adams, whatever. My thing is just this. I didn't see one play from Jeff Okuda where I was like, oh, he looks good there, or oh, that was a nice tackle, or that was a nice, you know, at least he didn't get burned that time. Like, no, he was getting burned the whole time, and I just – I, it's, it's a little concerning to me, to be honest with you. A little concerning. I'm going to be patient, and I'm, I'm, I, the jury's still out. I get it. I just would have liked to see one play, and maybe we will this Sunday, you know, against Kyler Murray and his, his, his dogs. But it's like I just need to see a couple plays where, like, I, he pops off the screen a little bit to me, and I'm like, okay, that's our third overall pick. Yeah, I agree. You need the guy to fly around and be a playmaker. I'm going to give him a break because he was banged up week one, and this was his first game in week two when he really has no help anywhere else on that defense. But, yeah, I, just, I think what's frustrating for people is, again, this guy's the third overall pick. You're looking for a guy that can come in right away and make plays and be a difference maker. Again, only one week, but, I mean, fair enough. Like I said, I, I it's – He didn't look good. Change. He didn't he look did, good. Yeah, he didn't That's look good. That's just all you got to say. You don't have to say his career's over or anything. He just didn't look good. Fair enough. Pointed, let's like, do uh, – Let's do picks. Lions and Cardinals on Sunday at 4.25 p.m. Um, yeah, I miss the studio so much. But I, if I talk about how we're not in the studio or not getting soon, I get in trouble. So I don't know. I'd, I'd like to be there soon. My, I'm only going to get one shot, too, because i got to come back for my, my Green and White Report send-off, and then we do Motown and I'm gone forever. That'd be nice. Uh, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. We also, you know what, hand up, like, I just need to figure out technology better because there's definitely a way that I can, like, get that music in there, but who knows. I, hey, I'll I, put it in this week. So once, okay. you, once you say here are the picks, I'll put it in. So how about that? Okay, here we go. Getting to the picks right now. Key hear the music now? Yeah. The music. I can hear the Virtual. music in my brain now. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, leaderboard here, Ryan Collins and myself tied at 4-0. No surprise that Trent is just crying and, and crawling up the bottom. I'm one game back! You're one in three, dude. We're both 4-0, Collins and I. Oh, I thought you We've were We've been talking. lights out. Never. We've been lights out. Yeah. Um, over under this week is uh, 54 and a half. The Cardinals are favored, or five and a half point favorite. Um, Trent, we will start with you, low man on the totem pole. No disrespect. Uh, look, this all hinges on what the Lions are able to do on offense, believe it or not, because I think the defense is going to play a little better this week. I just do. I don't know why it's blind faith. I think Stafford has his best game of the first three games. He's got Kenny Galladay back. That opens things up for Marvin. That opens things up for Danny Amendola. Clint Cephas might get a few targets in there. I think Hawkinson has another big game against the Cardinals, similar to last season. And I just think if you're the Lions – I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I just know from watching fantasy football this year that the Cardinals are not a good running defense. So I think you really need to try to get either AP or carry on Johnson going, sprinkle and swift, however you do, Daryl Bevel, do your thing. And I just think this week we finally see the Lions maybe take shape and they cover. Not going to say the Lions win, but they cover, even though I do think they'll win. I don't want that on the record. So the Lions cover, and as far as the over-under goes – 54 and a half. 
It's a big number for the NFL. Big number. I'm I'm gonna say I my gut reaction is under, but I I, I could see it being a shootout, but I'm gonna say under. Uh, I'm gonna take the over and I'm gonna take the Cardinals because the over and betting against the Lions has been good for me on this podcast. Okay, so in other words, I just, where I catch Collins right here because we there you go. Yes. But I I mean if the Lions cornerback situation has remained the same as it is. I mean, Arizona's got one of the best wide receiver cores in the league. They're going to get ripped apart. So, I just don't see the Lions being able to stop them. And if Galladay's back, maybe the offense perks up a little bit for the Lions. I just think the Cardinals are a better team. And looks like the Lions are on three. I think this is a must-win game for the Lions, or at least for Matt Patricia, as we talked about. Um, You'll get Kenny Galladay back. Hopefully, fingers crossed, it will make a difference for the offense. Um, I agree, Collins. I don't know how you're supposed to neutralize DeAndre Hopkins or the other receivers on that team. I'm not totally sold on the Cardinals yet. Um, I think they've obviously played pretty good football the last two weeks, but um, I will take the under here. I will take the Lions to cover. I will not be surprised if the Lions don't win this game, but I think somehow, some way, the Lions will at least try and make an attempt to salvage their head coach, maybe, or they'll just give up. Who knows? Um, but I will take the under because I think the number's too big. Uh, and it's not like the Cardinals have been scoring like 45 points a game. Like the Packers have been putting up points. But um, give me the under. Give me the Lions. I don't know if they'll win. And if they do, then fantastic. But uh, all right, that's the picks for the week. Uh, we will wrap up the show. Trent, your trifecta when you are ready, sir. All right. This is going to be a fun little group of questions here. Um, so falls upon us, Okay. Uh, where does fall rank for you in the season? Where does it one, one for Collins? All right, so Collins, I, I'm gonna guess a lot of that has to do with football, but but explain to us a all of it. Football. I I just I, sat when you got Saturdays and Sundays is filled with football. You got the tailgates; it, it's the best. I think the weather when it's like truly fall before it gets really too cold is the best weather too. When it's like 60, you can wear jeans, like a little pullover, and you feel great feel loose, you feel comfortable, but at the same time, you're not sweating your bag off. So I, I, I'm going to go fall. And think about fall, I think it, it has a great end to fall. Like Thanksgiving's like the end of fall. And that's like a great day. You're like, yes, Thanksgiving, the food, like, it's fantastic. The thing about like the winter and Christmas, Christmas is like, yay, now I kind of want the snow to go away. And it's just not there, and you're just like, this kind of sucks. For sure. So I, I think Thanksgiving is like the perfect cap off to a season. I agree with Collins. I actually don't know if I have any better points to add. I will say I am. there is no bigger Christmas guy than me. So Christmas itself is like can Christmas take winter to the top. Christmas can take winter to the top for me. But I will say as I've gotten older and matured, I've learned to appreciate fall more. My mom just took me to the Levi's outlet at Tanger Outlets. I went to, I got a bunch of new clothes. I'm going to be looking great this year. I'm going I'm to put some effort into my fall outfits. I am. Because I do like the fall scene. I like the fall vibes. I need to step up my outfit game. I will do that this year and stop wearing just the t-shirt and joggers every day. I will be doing that. The cider mill, I love it. Pumpkins, Halloween, football, tailgating, unbeaten, Halloween's the Collins family now. tailgate. Unbelievable. So I will say, especially in Michigan, the leaves turning, you can still get a couple rounds of golf in through like the middle of October, end of October if you're lucky. Especially in this state, I will say, as a 22-year-old, this could change. I don't know. But fall, I would say, ranks number one easily. Okay. So so for me, it's more like I, there's no season that I really hate. I mean, everyone could kind of say they hate winter after Christmas. It's just horrible. But, you know, I got my birthday in the fall. I love Thanksgiving. I love Halloween. I love scary movies, all that kind of stuff. It's really fun. Ooh. I'm going to say – This is the worst part of fall. Just like oh, – I'll never – It's great. Or haunted houses. Whoever goes to a haunted house, I judge. I agree with that. Those hey, are you know, stupid. Those are really dumb. Waste of time. stupid. But, Pay money and get scared. What the, what's the point? I don't like being scared. My least think, yeah, no are. one does. Stupid. Overall, how, about go, how about you go spend your money, go see a Will Ferrell movie, be happy. <laughs> yeah, positive vibes, have a good time. Um, yeah. uh, overall, though, after everything I just said, I think fall comes three for me. I love spring. spring. Spring is number one because of March Madness and the weather. Okay. And, and, you know, playoff basketball is usually like my thing, and that starts then, not this weird year we have now. Baseball. I'll say this, though, Trent. Spring is like two weeks. I would agree with you. Like, especially like here, 
Because it can get, it can be like eighty-two and like on a spring day, and it's just brutal. No, no, no. Summer. It's there. There's like that. There is that time though when it's the first week of the tournament, and the weather kind of shifts, and it's like seventy, but yeah. not like too hot. It's like it's beautiful. It's at the air. You can feel it in the air, but it's only like two weeks. Okay, that's, that's like the first two weeks of the tournament are my favorite time of the year, Trent. I just don't think it's a season. Like spring in Michigan is not a season. Okay, I think I think it also just kind of takes me back to my days like elementary school when you're you're at recess and it's finally like not thirty degrees outside. It's just so fun. Like you can kick the soccer ball without your foot hurting. Like just things like that. I love spring uh, and then summer. I'm such a like sun guy. I love like. Well, love you got the body for summer though. Like right? that's. Okay, we're not. You have the you have the body for it, so you get to enjoy summer more than some other guys that are a bit thicker. Well, we're not we're not getting into that. Because I didn't ask to talk about that. Whatever. <laughs> Thanks for answering my question. Question number two on the trifecta. What is the last book you read, cover to cover, like full book? Now, Rabs, I know you read a little bit every day. Collins, yes. I'm not sure. I can't tell you. Yeah, I, Come I, on, I, Collins. Uh, mm, what is that one book about, like, high school football? Uh, not. I don't know. It's like an allegory, something in high school. I don't know. I read one of those. Okay. Bleachers. I think it was Bleachers. That's what it was called. Nice. No, right. Yeah. Shout out Mr. Davis, my guy. <laughs> uh, uh, last, uh, last book I read, last book I finished, I finished about a week ago. It's called Everything is Figure Outable by Marie Forleo. For Leo, I, can't, I don't know how her last name is pronounced. Um, tremendous book. I, I like the self I – w- I don't know if I would call it a self-help book. I don't mean to sound like I have like a lot of problems. Like Not that I don't, but not more than the next guy. But I like reading like the self-help books, the motivation. I like to get up early and read the coffee and get moving and you're feeling good about yourself. So everything is figure-outable. Marie for Leo. For Leo, I don't know how to pronounce it. But uh, really good book. But I'm, I'm moving on now. I'm moving on in, in the book collection and – uh, I need more books too. I've like read all my books. I bought a, I went on like a book buying spree, like junior year of college. And I bought probably like 10, 15 books all gone. Done. Very nice. Very nice. My answer. Uh, I read Motley Crue's autobiography. It was awesome. Uh, I loved it. I just finished it. It took me a very long time to read. It was like the full summer. And then now I just finished it. So it took I will me- say this. I was reading the book of basketball this summer and then I just kind of oh, stopped. Yeah. Well, that's a good, that's a great book too. I've read like anecdotes of it. I have never read the whole yeah. book, but I have. I read like 150 pages of it and then I just forgot where I put it. Yeah, it's, it's good. Bill Simmons though. I, I, I can, good writer. I can, he's a good writer. I can only, I can only take him in like doses and then I kind of start. Thinking. Hey house, what do you think about Jalen Brown? <laughs> that's literally what he sounds like. Yeah. The fact that he's a Celtics homer too, just kind of bugs me, but whatever. Yeah. Final question. Do you consider yourself a good cook? If so, why? If not, why not? I would say for my age group, yes. Solid. Because I'm not an idiot, and I kind of know what I'm doing on a grill. I make pasta. I make more than, like, one dish. So I'd say for my age group, but in general, I'm terrible. Like if you're putting me out against, <laughs> like, the eight, like, the in the, like, 50 age bracket, like, with my mom, that's not, like, my mom is an unbelievable cook. Okay. She makes unbelievable food. I make food that's edible. That's what I'm saying. I'm de- like, but there, there's people up in college who like do not cook. Yeah. They just like they, they'll get around cooking, and I, I actually cook, so I would consider myself good, good for my age demo, especially being a dude too. I would consider myself a great cook. Ah, great's a strong word. I'm a very good cook. I have a passion for it. I, I, I look, love my, cooking. My mother, my so mother is fun. Italian. My mother Same. is Italian. She is also a great cook. And we always have like, when there's food, there's food, which might be a testament to my size right now as a human being. I digress. Why do you always throw yourself backhanded jabs like that? Because I got to keep myself motivated in the gym. That's why. If I don't say it, I'm not going to do it. So call yourself out on the air. My mom makes some great meals. I will give her that. I will say the one area where she lacks because she can, is concerned about my health as far as like getting E. coli and salmonella. She cooks things on the grill for too long. So I've been putting miles in on the grill this summer into this fall, and I love it. Steaks, burgers, hot dogs, chicken, what do you need? But I have a passion for it. That's the thing. I like making food now. And that, that's what – see, to all these college kids out there, you got to learn to have a passion for it. Because if you don't like doing it and you look at it as a chore, 
you're not going to enjoy it. You're not going to make yourself food. So I like looking at, I like baking too. I do it all. I'm a man of many talents. I like to think of myself as being like pretty, like slightly above average at many different things. Like that's like my thing. Okay. That's fair. Very good answers from both of you. I would say of the three of us, I'm probably the worst, but I still, I err more on like Colin's side. Like I think for my demo, not bad, not bad at all. But in the grand scheme of things, Stink. Not, yeah, not, I'm horrible. Not, not good. Like, like, the seasoning, the I, I just find what's in our salt and, and our seasoning rack, and I just throw it on my chicken. We'll figure it out. Well, later. yeah, and, and my thing, too, is I have to go buy the book. I can never just, like, make a call, be like, oh, well, I should probably do this. You know, no, I can't can't do it. If yeah, it that's, I can't improvise. I'm a game manager. Okay. I'm a game manager <laughs> in the kitchen. I can't, I can't improvise. I'm not going to, like, air it out, like, oh, this could use a little saffron. Like, oh, if we just grate some Parmesan, and, like, this is, like, I don't know. Like, I, that's where I got I'm an audible guy. I'm like, ooh, I see habanero. Let's put that on the chicken. Let's get aggressive. Okay, Colin. Might, well, might as well melt some cheese on this. Yeah. All right, well, next time Rav's in town, we might have to have a little cook-off. That'd be good video content. Oh, wow. Yeah, we got to do more video content. What's George doing? Can George – we need George. George will camp. do anything for us. I mean, he gets paid to do it. He'll do anything. He's, he's a, like a wizard with the camera. He's very good, very talented at what he does. Shout out George. I actually have a question for you guys. Shout out George. I have a question for you guys before we end the show. So I don't know if you want to call this Rabs' trifecta, but here I am. Uh, kind of, I don't want to like, I don't want to sound like a scumbag, but I'm canceling Netflix tonight because the free trial ends tonight. I got you. I look, you know, so my question to you guys is if there's one thing that I have to watch on Netflix before I cancel the subscription, what is it? What are you looking for, like, in general? Like, What have you not watched? Because I feel like you've watched the majority of things. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've, watched, I've watched Stranger Things. I've, I've watched The Office. I've watched Breaking Bad. I'm not going to be able to get in, like, an entire show tonight. But if there's, like, a movie or a documentary or something specific to Netflix that I have to watch. Have you seen – you saw it? The Irishman, correct? Did not. But I don't have time to watch oh, The Irishman. Man, no, not. that's the perfect answer to this question because it's, like, a great movie. you got to watch that. I've about, have you watched ago. Set It Up, Rabs? No, what is that? It's a, it's a rom-com with Zoe Dutch and Len Powell. Uh, okay, what's your second option then? I, no, I, no, <laughs> no. Hey, 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 hey. Look me in the eye. Look me in the eye. Looking at you. If you do not enjoy that movie, you're just not a human being. It, it, it doesn't matter that it's a rom-com. It's a funny movie. Watch set It, it. Up? Yeah, Set It Up. All right, we'll see. Trent, you got nothing else from besides The Irishman? I mean, The Dirt, the Motley Crue movie, fantastic. I, I love I, it. I want to watch that. Well, I just, I just don't think you'd enjoy it. That's why I didn't say it. I loved it. I don't think you'd like it. I think you've got to watch The Irishman. I really do. All right, I'll figure it out. I'll That's figure it out. At. All right, guys, any parting words before we end today's show? No, I smell bad. I'll One tell you ride. that. I smell bad. I just worked out before we recorded. I need to shower. So I'm going to hit the showers, boys. All right, hit the showers, Collins. Shower. Uh, one pride. Okay, come on. Relax. Have a good shower. Yeah, yeah, okay. Have some class, Trent. That's gross. It's a family shower. Have a good shower. Okay, dude. Okay, have a bad shower then. I hope your shower's Dude, I'll, I'll tell you something. Wow. You can have Man. a bad shower. You can have a bad – like, you go in there, and it's just like, what just happened in there? Like, you got the towel on. <laughs> you know, like, that was not refreshing. I don't smell great. Like, you just lose focus in the shower. You can have a bad shower. Okay. Well, I won't say it again because apparently it was – Yeah. But no, I will have a good shower. You're right, Trent. Yes, I, I'm going to be focused in there. Make it a good shower. Rabs. Good and shampoo job today. Matt Patricia, please do better this week or you're done. And I think most people want to see you fail. I am still in the camp of if you win games, I'll wrap my arms around you or I'll I try. Please. Oh, try. Do well this week. That was mean. I don't care. He does care. look bigger, but that was mean. I don't mean. care. I think I, I've earned the right to throw a jab. <laughs> okay. All right. That's going to be it for us today on the Motown Rundown for Trent Valley and Ryan Collins. I'm Ryan Rabinowitz. Submit any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show at Motown underscore Rundown on Twitter or on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Don't miss a single episode of the show. We're on Apple Podcasts and we're on Spotify. New episodes every week. We will see you next time.